ברמות We constantly have to make assumptions about the future. We have to make decisions. We have to act in the present moment. And we have to assume what the future is going to be like. We get up in the morning assuming that it's going to be a normal kind of a day, that we're going to be healthy. We make plans for the next day and for the next week and for the next several years, assuming that we're going to be around and we're going to be able to implement those plans that we make. And so we're constantly making plans. We're constantly making assumptions about the future, but we can never truly have perfect information about the, about the future. Uh, often, we even have doubts about the present moment, where we're not 100% sure about something in the present moment. It's not even about fortune telling. It's not even about the future. It's really about knowing what's happening in this very moment. And these doubts sometimes can become retrospectively clarified later on. For example, I might feel unwell. Do I have COVID or don't I have COVID? I might not know until I can get tested tomorrow. When I do get the positive test tomorrow, I know retrospectively that yesterday when I wasn't feeling well, I in fact did have COVID. And so the future is able to retrospectively clarify for me what my situation was at that moment in the past. In other words, we have a somewhat more complex example of this. Uh, let's go back to the Pasuk. We always start with the, the Pasuk. Look at this. Isn't it amazing how from many, many complex pages in the Gemara, we've been busy with one verse in the Torah, in Parashas Kitete. One of the brothers dies after both were living at the same at the same period of time. And he doesn't have a son, then Yibun or Chalitza kicks in. Uh, this piece of Gemara really focuses on these pages, on Uvein Enlor, the fact that he doesn't have a son. And we're talking here about a situation where a person, a man does Chalitza uh, for his brother, he does Chalitza with his brother's widow, and in fact his brother does not have a child, and the widow does not have a child. However, she is pregnant at the time of the Chalitza. Now, he shouldn't be doing Chalitza at, at that time, though he should should wait for three months, as the Torah Yishonim points out, before doing Chalitza, but he didn't. He did Chalitza right away. She's pregnant at the time, and later on has a miscarriage. So it turns out, in fact, that at the time of the Chalitza, the brother was, in fact, childless. But he couldn't have known that at the time. It's only in retrospect, when the miscarriage takes place, that he knows for sure that at that time that he did the Chalitza, the brother was in fact childless and the chalitza was a valid chalitza. Or, well, was it a valid chalitza? And that's a machlok, it's the difference of opinion between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish, uh, two Tanaim, uh, the Mishnahic period that, that often are in argument with each other. They loved each other dearly. They were brothers-in-law and they were chavrutas. They were very, very close to one another. And they saw the world very differently. And we have the records of their different worldviews and how that impacts their understanding of Halakha and of, of, the, of the Mishnah. Reish Lakish takes the view, uh, as the Nemukha Yosef explains, that the Nemukha Yosef is one of the later Rishonim, uh, the Ritva also takes this view, that the miscarriage tells us nothing about her status at the time of the Chalitza. It, he, it, it's true. At the, it turns out in the end she had a miscarriage and therefore the, the husband 
the, the late husband was childless. He did die childless. But he explains the Namukha Yosef, the later um, miscarriage doesn't tell us for sure that there was a flaw in the pregnancy, that there was a problem with the fetus at the time of the Chalitza. It could well be that at that time, the fetus was healthy and the, the pregnancy could have been expected to go its full term. Something happened later on, after the Chalitza. Something happened to cause the miscarriage. We don't know whether the cause of the miscarriage was at the very beginning and therefore was present at the time of the Chalitza, in which case the Chalitza is valid, or the flaw, the problem that caused the miscarriage occurred after the Chalitza. And so the, the uh, Resh Lakish holds the view that since at the time of the Chalitza, he couldn't possibly know whether this fetus was going to be viable or not. And even later on, when the miscarriage occurs, he still doesn't know whether at that time the fetus was viable or not. Therefore, Reish Lakish holds of the opinion that the chalitza is not valid. He had no right to do the chalitza at that time. Rabbi Yochanan's view is different according to the Ritva. The ultimate miscarriage informs us that the pregnancy was not to, was not to be available, viable. And it doesn't matter when the problem occurred. The fact is, when we look back, we now see at the time of the chalitza, he did chalitza with a woman who was the widow of a man who died childless. The fact that she was pregnant with a fetus that would miscarry later on doesn't damage the validity of the chalitza, even though that wasn't the right thing to do, but it doesn't damage the, the validity of the chalitza. Um, it, it goes a little bit further the way um, Reb Shimon Shkop explains it in Shari Yosha. Reb Shimon Shkop was my Rosh Hashim's Rebbe, we've spoken about him before. Uh, he was at Rosh Hashim in Tells for a, for a period of time and later on established his own yeshiva in, in, in Grodna, became the Rosh Hashim in Grodna and wrote this amazing work, the Shari Yosha, on doubts and assumptions, on Sveikot and Chazakot and Rov, the various different uh, mechanisms that we have in order to resolve doubt and to live with some level of certainty in a world, in a life of uncertainty. Uh, and that's the whole idea of, of, of safek, of doubt, of rov, going by a majority, of chazach, making assumptions about status quo and other assumptions. We'll look at some of that in, in tomorrow's Gemara. Uh, but for today, the uh, Shara Yosha says in Sha'ar Zayin Perik Yudchet, he goes into, into it quite deeply and says that at the time of the Chalitza, the Yabam assumed his brother died childless, and that assumption was proven right, according to Rabbi Yochanan, because at the end of the day, not only was it proven right ultimately, but at that time, he only had a fetus, and a fetus is not a child. The Apostle says, Uvein Enlo. It's important to, to know that he doesn't have a son. At that time, at the time of the Chalitza, he didn't have a son. It's true that later on, since the woman is pregnant, it may emerge later on that he did have a son. But at that point, it was fully acceptable for the Yabam, for the brother, to make the assumption that his brother did not have a child, that the fetus was, a, was, a, was not a son. Whereas according to Reish Lakish, the way Rabbi Shimon explains it, Rabbi Shimon explains it, is we don't know whether at the time of the Chalitza the fetus was, was viable. 
even though we do know that it dies later on. Um, because at that point, we've got to wait. We know that the mother is, uh, is pregnant. And therefore, we can't be sure that this is a case of Bain and Law, that he doesn't have a son. There's a potential son. There's something that in all likelihood, in natural, if things go naturally, this fetus will turn into a child. Uh, and, and therefore, the, the, the husband, the deceased husband, may not have died childless. And we can't decide whether there's a proper place for Yibam and Khalitsa until we've waited the time to see whether this baby is born or the baby isn't born. And so the assumption is therefore flawed. Uh, and the, there's an idea that Tosfot introduces here, which is that this is quite a unique situation because This particular doubt, the way that, that Reish Lakish learns it, this particular doubt about whether this, the father was the brother was childless or not is not one that can be clarified in the present moment. It's not as if if we had some information we would know. We have to know the future. We actually have to be able to see ahead and know whether this fetus is going to eventually be born into a viable child. And since we can't know the future, there's nothing we can do about it. We can't make these assumptions. Uh, so, and, and that's what's unique about the situation. So Tosfus clarifies that there are different times. Sometimes you don't have information about the present. And missing that information, you can make some assumptions about what the present, present probably is. But sometimes it's not about information regarding the present. In our case, it's information regarding the future that you're missing. And you can't have that information. That information is not available. Uh, and therefore, we can't make those assumptions. This links in very nicely um, with the uh, Pirkei Avot. We've got, we've got a Gemara that is similar, where Rabbi Shimon says that a person who lives the straight way is a person who is often translated as somebody who can see the future. Or elsewhere in the Gemara, it's a wise person can see, foresee the future. What's important to understand in that word, is it doesn't mean can foresee the future. As Tosfus says, we can't foresee the future. We are not prophets. So what does mean? It means one who can see that which has already been conceived. It's not evident yet, but it has happened already. So in the situation where what we're lacking is clear understanding of the present moment, by looking at trends, by looking at, at majorities, by looking at statistics, by looking at status quo, the various tools that we have to make assumptions about the present. And we, not only are we entitled to make assumptions about the present, we have to make assumptions about the present. There's no way we can live a normal life if we're not making assumptions about the present. An example that I often give is one drinks a glass of milk, you're drinking it from a cow, but you have no way of knowing whether that cow is a kosher cow or a trefa, whether it might have a lung disease which would cause it to die within a year and therefore it wouldn't be a, it isn't a kosher cow. How do we know it? Until the animal is slaughtered, you don't know whether the cow is kosher or not. A shochet has to check it after slaughtering and then he knows whether the meat can be used, whether the cow is kosher. But one day before it was slaughtered, we were drinking its milk on what basis? Because we make certain assumptions based on majorities, based on norms. We make assumptions about the present. But as Tosfa says, we can never make an assumption about the future. That's called gambling. That's called betting, and we don't do that. We are ro'et hanolad. By deeply understanding the present moment, we can make assumptions about the future. But we can never make assumptions about the future 
when what we're missing is information about the future, information which isn't even available to us.